my my advice is always like for those just getting started in real estate is in its simplest form location 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 it's it's uh obvious and easy as an operator i know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing and i'm looking to learn from other investors mistakes i know you are too and you found the right place welcome to myers methods presents multifamily missteps Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the pleasure of having Josh Idagon with me today. Josh, how are things up in New York? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be awesome, man. Do me a favor. If the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. So you can go to our website, www.dxeproperties.com, and you can see a contact form or my email address is on there. And don't hesitate to reach out to me directly. I'm happy to um, be a resource and connect. Uh-oh. He doesn't. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, you know, with that, do we, let's talk a little bit about like your background and how you got to where you are today. Cause you guys have been rocking and rolling pretty aggressively over the past few years. Sure. Sure. So I, I took a pretty, um, I, I guess entrepreneurial path when I was, um, 25 living at home. I, I, I was reading a lot of books, read, I, I think everyone getting started has read like the rich dad, poor dad books. And it just made a lot of sense to me. Um, and I, the first deal I ever did, um, I, I took the leap. I, I loved multifamily and I was connected to a property manager in Cincinnati and I worked with him to find a distressed 20 unit property in um i call it a pretty a c minus area and um just jumped at it um it was one hundred seventy five thousand dollars for 20 units and um and that was my my taste i did that while working full time and, and i was hooked I, I did another deal a year basically um for the next four or five years left my first job to work for um, a larger real estate investment company as like an analyst, then an acquisitions guy. Um, and then three years ago or so, I, I said, all right, I, I think I can um, take the leap and go after this full time. Um, so I started DXE and then I pulled my partner in from his job um, maybe a year later. Um, but we've done about $50 million worth of acquisitions, uh, mostly on the multifamily side, although we do own um, some retail, we've done two small condo development projects and, and we're just really looking to grow responsibly, do, you know, a couple deals a year and just stack them together and, um, you know, hold for the long term. Awesome. 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 And so you just recently closed the deal down in Augusta, right? We did. We did. It was a, it was a fun one. It was, uh, <laughs> we closed April 30th. Um, so right, right in the heart of this, or, or towards the beginning of the pandemic, when when the world has been and and it's going crazy, um, 104 units, pretty well located. Um, it's a type of project we like, owned by um, someone that just had not invested into it. Um, he owned it for like six or seven years, was really running it as a bit of a slum, but. Great location, walking distance to downtown, walking distance to some uh, larger employers down in Augusta. 
Um, and, it, and the property just needed some love. Um, so we were really excited to get into it. Um, but obviously the pandemic gave us a lot of pause. Um, so we, we were working with a, it was a bridge loan, bridge lender. We're putting about almost $2 million into the project in improvements. Um, but they came back to us and said, well, look, we're one of the few lenders that are still lending. Um, so if you guys still want to move forward, you're going to have to put up additional interest reserves. Um, and their thought process was, look, it's protecting us and it's protecting you because you have these reserves that eventually you'll get released back to us. Um, but that was right at the last minute. So we were, we were hit with basically bringing another $200,000 in reserves um, that eventually we'll get back, but it, it certainly was a, a surprise to us and, and something we had to deal with last minute. So how did you guys like structure that additional capital that came into the deal at the end? Is it equity? Is it a loan? Like how are you guys? It's equity. It's equity. We, um, we really just always try to have straight equity. We don't really use like um, mezzanine loan or any other sort of outside loans. I just, I think it brings another level of stress to a deal that, you just don't want to have. So, I mean, it provides some safety to the investors because you have additional reserves. It moderated returns a little bit because there is a little more equity, but um, that was what we felt was just the right thing to do at that point. So did you just have another investor waiting on the sidelines ready to come in or how do you raise, you know, I don't know how much it changed. Yeah, it's hard in the, so the total raise, it was about two, three, a little, uh, Two three, and then it went up to. It, it ended up being a little, little less than two five. Um, but as you could imagine, it it was a scary time to raise money. No one really wants to invest in anything at the time. Everyone wants to just set aside money and you know ha have cash just set aside. And I don't blame anyone um, for that thought process. Uh, but we had a, a few people. Luckily, we overraised at the beginning. So we had people that we had to say no to that we were able to go back to. Um, I threw in a little bit extra, and, and it was really just good faith to the deal to show everyone, hey, we're with you. Um, we like this one especially, and, and we're ready to move forward alongside you. And, 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 and there was a lot of calls. Um, I, I think everyone appreciated the underlying merits of the property it was just the timing that made it really really tough um i'd say it was probably the hardest two hundred thousand dollar raise i've ever had to do <laughs> so. gonna ask like were you just going to new people or did you go back and ask the people who are already in do you want to increase your contribution um it was more so people that had expressed some interest but either they were cut out or just timing didn't line up those were the ones that we went back to first um, the existing people in there, that there just wasn't too much of an interest to increase. They were like, no, we're, we're fine. We're in and we're not going anywhere. And that was enough for us. Um, but few people that were committed wanted to really increase from there. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators, but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location for you, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. 
the Myers methods of multifamily investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode. So you dug in your pocket, said, we're going to get the deal closed. And, you know, you expect to get those reserves back sooner than when you guys have a refinance event or any of that. You said you're using bridge debt. Bridge debt scares me. What makes you comfortable using bridge debt in the middle of a pandemic? So I look at bridge debt in a lot of different ways. I think there's a few different types of bridge debt out there. Um, I mean, our bridge loan is a five-year loan. So it's not like it's a 12-month or 24-month bridge, which I think becomes pretty stressful. Um, but the way the bridge loan is structured, one, we're, we bought a rate cap, um, and we had to buy a rate cap. So interest rates for our loan can only make the total loan rate 5.5%. So rates would have to increase so, so much to really get us there. But we feel safety in the interest rate for that reason. Um, two, from a loan amount perspective, we're only borrowing like 65% loan to purchase. And then it's the rental costs that we're drawing down, drawing down, drawing down. So we actually, we feel very comfortable with it because if the business plan's not there for any reason, we could press pause on these renovations and, and just cash flow because it's a lower leverage loan. Um, I think I would have a lot more pause if the property was not well occupied. Like we stepped into something that rents were low. Yes. But 99% occupied, they did a good job of collecting rents throughout April. Um, so we just, we didn't feel like there was too much risk there. Um, I, I like deals that need a bridge loan um, because I, I think those are the ones where you could create a lot of value. And I think those are the ones that give yourself an opportunity to really hit the home runs. So that's really, really interesting. Is this recourse debt or non-recourse debt? No, it's not recourse. Really? Okay. So you got 99% occupancy on your buy. Is that physical or economic? Um, physical. Economic, low 90s. Okay. And why are they selling the deal at a discount? Or are you paying full market for it? Well, I would say that... I like our purchase. Sorry, I've got my dog in the background. The, the work at home days are throwing everything off. Um, I think we bought it at a fair price, perhaps a little bit of a discount. It was a marketed deal, um, albeit not with like Cushman Wakefield or CBRE or, or the larger brokers. It was from a local broker that was just in that market that may not have had that same type of reach. So we felt good about it for that reason. Um, but our, we stepped into the property at like 54, 55 a door, um, where average rents were in the 600s. And we feel post-renovations, we're going to be able to take rents into the upper 800s. Um, so I, I think there's some real meat on the bone there. Um, and, you know, that's, that's your risk, ultimately. What, what's the risk with the property? It's uh, that if we can't hit the rents. But that's where, you know, I think you can create a lot of value just by really having comfort in the opportunity to push rents. Got it. Got it. Got it. It sounds like a really lucrative business plan, man. Uh, Why do you think you guys won this one where other people, like, did you have like a best and final other people competing for it or did you get in early and keep everybody out? We were aggressive. Um, So 
they got a bunch of offers on it. Um, I can't say we were the only ones, but we were pretty aggressive with our terms. So it, it was only a, a, well, it was five and a half million dollar deal. And we had a hundred thousand dollar deposit. We had another deposit that was um, deposited after the first 30 days of diligence. So, you know, for that size, I think we had pretty healthy deposits and, and we had a track record that I think separated us from a lot of the other people that were looking at the deal and offering. Okay. So is this your first time working with Bridge Debt or you've done it before? No, I've done it before. Um, similar property in Charleston, actually. Um, very, very similar story, though. Um, and similar loan amount. So I, I, I've used it before. It's definitely, there's definitely more to it. And there's more work involved on the administration side. Like we have to process draws every month with the lender, um, apply for releases from some of the escrows. But um, I'm definitely comfortable with it for the right property. What is the biggest lesson you learned going through the process the first time? Or what change have you made to the way you guys operate between like yeah um i think it's probably making sure that you do have just your your costs and your escrows set aside up front bridge loans they're they're going to be more expensive so you do want to make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze um but you're you're going to be paying but whether it's half a point or a point or even more than that going into it and then there may be an exit um, penalty of half a point or a point exiting the loan. Um, and then on top of that, they are going to escrow upfront for taxes, insurance, at, at least six months of um, interest draws. And, and they're just notoriously a little more expensive than your, your agency lender. So even like a, a, a private bank's legal um, or their own diligence costs are, are just more expensive. So I think that's the the biggie. Um, otherwise, it's it's really administrative. The differences. Um, I, I think that if you're comfortable enough with your business plan, I, I have I have no pause about using bridge debt. I think it's especially attractive these days, just with rates as low as they are. So the one thing that stands out for me is you guys are buying in different markets using a third party property manager to execute your business plan, which includes renovations. How are you confident in knowing that the property manager is going to perform because your timeline is condensed and the debt is more expensive with yep. the loan? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And if I uh, went back to my first deal I ever did and what I did wrong, um, it would be just that a reliance on, this property management halfway across the country to really run a renovation renovation program. And it, it's really tough to do just that. Um, in this case, we get really, really engaged in the renovation programs that we do. Um, there's never going to be a project that we take on that does not have some form of a renovation program, but we're really not relying on our property manager at all. We engage with each of our contractors directly. They're submitting invoices, draws through us directly. And we're down there frequently, um, which I wish I lived in Greensboro like you do to be able to drive over to your property and, and say hi a few times a week. Unfortunately, we just can't do that. So it's that much more important for us to have 
checks and balances in place, systems in place where we have our eyes remotely on the asset at all times. Um, my partner's background is in um, construction management. So he did that for at an institutional level. And often these properties were not where he is. Um, he lived in New York, but was doing large projects in DC and outside of the state. And he had to do just that. And it, it's, um, it's an extra step for sure. But I think with the right team, um, you know, it, it works and it can work. I love it. And so the final question, Josh, is what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Um, well, I think, you know, it depends what you're looking for. Um, my, my advice is always like for those just getting started in real estate is in its simplest form, location, 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 location. It's, it's, uh, obvious and easy, but I think, um, it's easy to get enamored by, um, really high returns in challenging locations. I think it's just never the reality. Um, so if I'm an investor, whether it's passively or actively, I'm always willing to trade a few percentage points to be in a better location. Perfect. Josh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your experience. This is our first conversation about bridge debt. So it's a learning lesson for me as well. Maybe I shouldn't be so apprehensive about it, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, man. I wish you luck on this last acquisition and continued success as you guys move into new ones. We'll talk soon. Great. Talk to you soon. You made it to this juncture, so you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review and share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you. Ooh.